Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. <laughs> That's good. Well, I'm going to preach tonight, everybody, on the parable of the sower which is sometimes called the parable of the soils. And my message title tonight is, Which One Am I? Which One Am I? And let's just pray before we get into the Word of God and let's believe for Him to speak to each of us in Jesus' Name. Why don't you just close your eyes and just reach out to Him. Amen. Father, we just thank You so much for tonight. And God, we just thank You for this opportunity to be in Your house, to be in church. And we just know, God, that You do supernatural things in Your house. And we just know, God, You've got a great plan for tonight. You've got a great desired outcome for the service. And Lord, it's not just for everybody. It is for every person, Lord, each individual, somebody, God. And we just pray that each person tonight, may we, Lord, listen. May we, Father, have an open heart and we just invite you, God, to do what only you can do in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Which one am I? Which one are you? Um, You may have seen on social media, everybody, I love these, those little funny tests of which Disney character are you? Or there's little tests that are like, which vegetable are you? I saw one recently, which was a little test that you do, a little self-reflection, and it was, which McDonald's burger are you? If you're interested, I was the fillet of fish, which is, um, the summary was a bit strange, but nicer than you think, so that's good. It's a lot less fun doing that with things in the Bible. We're actually invited to do that in Scripture in different parts of it where we are asked to reflect which person in this story are we or which type of thing in this story am I. You know, different times there's stories in the Scripture and on reflection you say, which disciple am I in this situation? Or in the story of the master and the talents and his servants, we we can often ask, which servant Am I like? And we're going to do that tonight with the parable of the sower. And I want to ask you tonight to reflect, to do some self-introspection as to which soil best reflects the condition of your heart. Of the four options in this story, which one best reflects where you are at right now in the condition of your heart before God and His Word? You know, parables are stories in the Bible and they they both conceal and reveal truth. And this, this parable specifically reveals a powerful truth about how the Word of God lands and takes root in someone's life. But it speaks to how the Word of God, the message in Scripture, how it lands on a heart and on different hearts. And, you know, one of the intents of the Word of God in our lives is to bring about incredible, godly, transformative change. The Bible absolutely contains information and history, but really its intent, one of its main intents, is to bring about incredible, godly, transformative change in your life. Eternal impact. And so how is it that the same book, the same message... Sometimes the same stories in that book 
for different people can hit so different. And all the 14-year-olds said, amen. <laughs> in, in the story of the, the parable of the sower, the seed is the word of the kingdom. The Bible tells us that, that the seed in this story is the word of the kingdom. It's the word of God. And it is perfect. This is not a story about interesting seed or bad seed or questionable seed and bad soil. This is a story of good seed and bad soil. And that's going to matter a little bit later as we unpack it, but it is perfect. God's Word is perfect. The Gospel message is perfect, but it lands into us, onto us and all of our stuff. It's got a lot of work to do to take root in the hearts of broken people in order for it to achieve the desired outcome that God has, it's got to work through a whole lot of our stuff. I had a friend in school and the poor guy, this happened to him in like year eight when this sort of thing really sucks. But he was doing judo after school. And so he would often on a Thursday get picked up in his judo outfit by his mum and go to judo. And one week, he'd accidentally had a red t-shirt in the wash with his white judo suit. So he comes out of the change rooms as everyone's getting picked up, full pink judo suit. So the judo suit went into the washing machine with the washing detergent, with the desired outcome that it would wash it. But something else was in that machine that shouldn't have been in there to get that desired outcome. And so the Word of God is wanting to work in your life. The perfect Word of God, the Gospel, the story of Jesus is coming into your life. But there's a whole bunch of stuff in you, a whole bunch of what you might say is lived experience or things that have made it difficult for you to absorb what God is trying to give you. The soils don't represent individual moments of decision as much as they do lifelong response to God's Word. So everybody, which one are you? And there's three versions of this in the Bible. They're all very close, uh, but we're going to read the Luke 8 version and it's going to come up on the screen. This is the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils. Let's check it out. After this, Jesus travelled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. And these women were helping to support them out of their own means." While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable, this story. Verse 5 says, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil and it came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. I'll just get this dad joke out of the way. They think that the seed here was corn because it was he who has ears to hear. Anyway, all right. Which one are you? The seed is the Word of God in this story. And in the parable, we see it land on four different types of soil. Number one, I've tried to summarise these into just a little, a little line just to help us tonight. Number one, it landed on the path. 
And I've summarised this, it's going to come up on the screen as hears but doesn't listen. Luke chapter 8 verse 5 says that a farmer went out to sow his seed and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and it was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Later in verse 19, it says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. I'll just read that again. It says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Now, just to reiterate, this passage is about good seed and bad soil. This isn't a lack of understanding because the seed was bad. This is a lack of understanding in a different way. There is certainly bad seed out there in the form of poor teaching and heretical teaching. Uh, But this story is about bad soil. And the path here speaks to a lack of understanding in the sense of a lack of seeking to understand. Um, Scripture goes on to say, he who has an ear to hear, may he hear the Word of God. And this concept is revisited a lot in the New Testament and especially in Revelation, but certainly in each of the passages about the parable of the sower, it summarises it with, hey, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear the Word of God. We have ears, but are we really listening? Are we listening to understand? Have we heard a lot, but none of it's, really gone past our ears and into who we are. The path hears but doesn't listen. You you know, uh, something I love about the age that my son Micah is right now is that he can talk and we can have conversations, but he's pretty smart and he's pretty cheeky and he'll like sometimes try to like work me and Bianca a little bit. He's just smart. He just, he'll like bargain with you. So we'll say, hey, you've got to do this or you can have one. He'll say, two. So no, Baba, just one. Two, say one, seven, eight. We're like, all right, let's revisit this later. But one time I was having a, he was bargaining with me over a chocolate egg. He calls it a chockey egg, chockey eggy. So I'm just, anyway, moving right along. We're talking about chockey eggies. And I said to him, I said, listen, Micah, chockey eggs are a treat. We don't have chockey eggs for breakfast. He said, chockey eggy. I said, Baba, listen to daddy. Chalky eggs are not for breakfast. They are a treat. I said, are you listening? He's like, yep. He was listening. But you know what he was listening for? He was listening for me to stop so that he could say chalky eggy again. <laughs> and I find that as a parent, oftentimes I, it's probably the wrong thing to say to him, which is, hey, are you listening to daddy? Because the answer is yes, I am. But I'm not really listening to understand or listening to change or listening to correct something about me or listening to go, well, how does dad really want me to do it? Oh, chocolate eggs aren't for breakfast food. Oh, no worries, dad. I was listening. That's not how Micah listens. Micah's listening for me to stop so that he can make his point again. Sometimes we're in church, you listen to the message, but you're just waiting for the preacher to stop so you can carry on with what you think carry on with what you believe. You have a conversation with a Christian and you're not listening to understand. You ask someone about their faith, you're not listening to understand. You're listening so they can finish and then you can share what you think. But we can have that approach with God. That's the path. That's what it looks like when good seed goes on the path. I'm not really here to listen. I'm not really open to God. When I read the Bible, I'm not really wanting it to read me and to speak to me. I'm just there to get maybe some head knowledge, to sound smart, whatever it might be. I'm not really listening even though I'm actually there. Does that make sense? It's the idea of in one ear, out the other. 
And don't we see that? And, and we see that in generations, right? And I was chatting to a young person who was in youth when I was a youth pastor. And he was experiencing a lot of pain because he was doing stuff that for the, the previous three years, his youth leaders were saying, don't do. He was experiencing a whole lot of pain because he was trying some stuff, which interestingly enough, the youth leaders told him not to do because they'd tried that stuff and experienced pain. After their youth leaders told them, don't do that stuff because they'd experienced pain. And I was talking to this young person and even at 15, he had this revelation. He goes, why don't we just listen? to people that have already gone through it. I thought, that is a great question, mate. As a youth pastor, that is great. You should have the microphone. But it's this whole thing of in one ear, out the other. We've heard a lot of stuff, but has it gone into us? Have we listened to it with the right heart, with the right soil? Are our ears open? I know you have ears on your head, but are you listening? Apologies if you don't have ears on your head here tonight. I thought someone might say that to me after. Sometimes we have, you know, the experience when we're in church, we've listened to everything. But where has it gone? Has it gone into good soil in your heart and taken root and produced great fruit? Because it's not always about the seed, but about the soil. And certainly in the context of this story, and certainly when we approach the Word of God, the seed is good and perfect and desires to bear fruit in your life, but is the soil good? So the path, number one, it hears, but it doesn't listen. Which one are you? Number two, rocky ground stays on the surface. Verse six of Luke chapter eight says, some fell on the rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Uh, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. This is in verse 13. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of, listen to this, in the time of testing, they fall away. Uh, in the Matthew version of this, it puts it this way. It says, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. That initial response receives it with joy. Maybe it's emotional, I don't know. But verse 21 says, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So this is a picture here of something which springs up quickly because the soil was shallow. Springs up quickly. When the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. Initial response, but doesn't take root doesn't go beyond the initial response. The scripture speaks to that they leave when trouble comes. They leave when trials come. They leave when persecution comes. It's indicative of shallowness. It's speaking here of, a, of an idea of shallow soil. There's nowhere to go. It's just on the surface of the rocks. Can't take root. I think I love how it put it in a, in a commentary I was reading. It says, their idea of discipleship has no place for suffering. Ouch. I think I'd add this. It says that their idea of discipleship cannot accommodate challenge. Their faith journey can't accommodate challenge. What's so interesting about this is that the shallow soil accelerated growth. It says it quickly sprouted up, but it worked against longevity. So it had quick production, Quick expiry. And sometimes we experience slow bearing fruit, but it remains for a long time. And so I want to encourage you, don't bail 
if that fruit is taking a long time and you're looking at other people and stuff just sprouting up here, there and everywhere, but it's not actually going beyond the surface. We've got to have faith, everybody, for the Word of God in our life to go beyond the surface and into our heart. We have to go in our thinking beyond how is God's Word benefiting me right now? We've got to move past that. That's a rocky faith where the seed is sitting on the top. God, how can you bless me right now for the next 15 minutes? Listen, God is trying to bless the next 50 years, possibly at the expense of the next 15 minutes being comfortable. Sometimes you need to have a miserable season of suffering and trials so that in 40 years, you are doing fantastic in God. But the rocky soil... The rocky soil is someone listening to a message tonight, listening for only how it benefits the here and now. When really the message of salvation and forgiveness, the message Christ brought is to speak to your eternal life, which you may not see for a long time. That message has got to fall on good soil. Otherwise we don't listen to it and nothing produces. We may have an initial response, but it doesn't go further. Can I encourage you tonight, if you've had that initial response by faith, Press into God. Ask Him to, to heal and fix the condition of your heart so that it takes root in your life. Which one are you? Number three is the thorns. I've summarised this as choked out by our life. By our life. I nearly put choked out by life. But let's read the Scripture. It'll just help add a little bit to this. So verse seven says, Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it. And choked the plants. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those, this is verse 14 now, for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. Again, this is good seed, bad soil. Verse 14, I read it again. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, I like this bit, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures and they do not mature. In Matthew, the Matthew version puts it this way in verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. This speaks to someone who, who receives it, but then they are overcome in their thinking and in their life by their worries their greed and their worldly desires. This is like the person that receives it on a Sunday and proceeds to dominate it with worldliness Monday through Saturday. It's that amen on Sunday and then in the clubs on Wednesday type of life. That's what this is. How much of your thinking and your life is overcome, is being choked out by ungodly things? The Word of God comes to your life. The Word of God's coming to your life tonight. But don't choke it out with the things of the world. How much of your week is devoted to God? How much of your heart is devoted to God? Have you compartmentalised your life so parts of it are for God and parts aren't? Very quickly you'll notice that the thorns of the world will choke out what God is trying to begin in your life. And the, the crazy thing about this is that the picture that it's painting here, again, good soil. We can throw resource at you. Club 180, ID track, starting point, the whole equipped, the whole bang. We can chuck it all at you. But if you are drowning it with the things of the world, Monday through Saturday, we cannot out-resource what you are feeding midweek.
And hey, I just, I feel to say it again, as a pastoral team, we wanna help you if this is you, but this is that kind of faith where it's an amen on Sunday, in the clubs Wednesday, listening to absolute filth, watching filth, coming to Friday and wondering where is God. We wanna help you get out of that. But I would say that the word, the seed is coming to your life and the thorns are choking it out. Don't let it choke it out anymore. Get sick of it in Jesus' name. Number four, we can take a deep breath now. Good soil, good soil. Takes root, takes ground. It goes in deep. The Word of God comes to your life. It lands on good soil. Goes in deep, it goes beyond the surface. It's not competing with thorns that you've planted alongside it. It's going into something soft. Luke chapter 8, verse 8 says, Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. In verse 15, it says, uh, Of Matthew, but the seed on good so- Sorry, team, I'm dancing around everyone's scriptures. The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. How good is that? Let's read that again. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Persevering is not necessary if there's nothing to persevere, which again is the idea of the rocky faith. That how can it bless my here and now? We've got to persevere things so that we can produce a crop. Sometimes a great encouragement or a prophetic word to receive is, hey, you've got to persevere some nonsense in this season. You say, amen, because it means something good's going to come out the other side. Verse 23 says of the Matthew version, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Just a couple of descriptions, descriptions about this type of soil. Willing to learn. Willing to accept by faith. Willing to suffer. Willing to give up everything for Christ. It speaks of a softness. I don't know if you've ever tried to plant something in hard ground. It's very hard. No pun intended. You know, at the end of the Matthew version, chapter 13, verse 14, it says this, it says, In them, this is just following on from this story, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. Again, this is is about good seed, bad soil. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Good soil, good soil, seeking to understand, seeking to learn. It takes root in your heart and it takes ground in your life. It empowers you to take ground for God and for the kingdom. You know, we need to, everybody, continue to cultivate the soil of our heart. We've got to look after it through the seasons of life because we can absolutely kick off with some soft soil with some good soil, but circumstance and the challenges that we need to persevere can sometimes harden the soil in our heart. If we are to absorb the nutrients of the Word of God, if God is to plant something that's gonna take root in our life, we've gotta have a soft soil in our heart because we can have a saved heart 
but a hard heart. So we've got to keep it soft, everybody, to people, to forgiveness. We've got to absorb the challenging things of the Word of God rather than fobbing it off. I don't know if anyone here in, inside their home has a moisture reader for pot plants. Anyone got a moisture reader? We all need them. We've got a moisture reader at home and you stick it in the plant and if it's really well watered, it goes all the way to the left with a big green good and then it, goes, it can go all the way to the other side, which is help me. Um, and that's the plant's way of saying, please give me a drink. You know, I, I, I wish sometimes we could <laughs> get a little read on ourselves, right? Get a little moisture reader on us. I'd love to do a little moisture reader on some people, but I, I know I need a moisture reader on myself sometimes. Am I safe for planting right now? But listen, I think this is a good way to check that. Here's a good way to check that. Am I changing? Am I moving forward? Am I looking more like Christ day by day? Because again, we cannot out-resource thorns that are next to you or if your soil is so hard by bitterness you're harbouring or unforgiveness, it doesn't matter how good I preach, doesn't matter how good Pastor Jared preaches, Pastor Davinia's message are very good, they might get through. But, <laughs> but the condition of your heart, the soil in your heart needs to be good soil that can take root and take ground, but a great measuring stick, everybody. Am I changing? Let me just speak to that for a second. I wanna challenge you, if you've been in church for a long time and you're frustrated and you're feeling stale, not 100% certain, but 99% certain, you're not changing. You're not growing. You're not stepping out. You're not taking a new faith step. You're not going to that next thing that God's called you to do. So I wanna challenge you to get soft again. Get the condition of your soil soft again, ready to receive the Word of God in your life. You know, good soil is an open invitation to the voice of God. And you might be like, that sounds awesome. Well, <laughs> depends what He says. <laughs> Sometimes we don't want God to speak because we know what He's gonna say. And so we have a, a, a conditional invitation to the voice of God in our life. You know, good soil is an open invitation. God, correct what you wanna correct. Change what you wanna change. Father, undo me if you need to undo me. Don't have a conditional invitation, which is God. You got an open voice into my life, just not on my finance, not on my relationships and not on what I do on Wednesdays. But good soil is an open invitation to the voice of God. When was the last time you just bared all to God and you invited His voice? Father, whatever you wanna say, whatever's in me that's gotta go, Father, just speak to me. Even just in that asking, your soil will get a little softer. Good soil is an open invitation to the correction of God, the prompting of the Holy Spirit, the, the interruption that comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, you find that many people that just, you, you just get a sense, they walk so close to God, they so hear from God. When you talk to them, it's like you're talking to just soft soil. <laughs> I know that sounds strange, but think about the nicest, softest soil. It's just asking for an awesome plant to go in it. I want my life to be asking for the seed of God's Word to take root and birth something amazing that's gonna bless people. What it is, is a softness. Is they're, they're ready to give it all up for God. 
Nothing is more important than God. You know, good soil is a, is a big green light to the next that God has for you, no matter the cost. It's a big green light and a thumbs up to God to, for you to be entrusted with more. You know, a heart needs to absorb the nourishment that God has for it, but we've got to keep it soft. And the nutrients in His Word and God's Word wants to come to you each and every day to take root, to change you. But I wanna ask you again tonight, which one are you? Are you number one? Are you the path? Are you the path where perhaps you've noticed, even as I've been talking, you're someone who you heard everything, but you didn't listen. You come to church for a long time and you've heard it all, but you didn't listen to any of it. Believe for God to supernaturally do a number on the soil of your heart tonight. Maybe you identify more with the rocky ground. Your faith has stayed on the surface. Maybe you're like someone who has thorns in your life and it's choking out what God is trying to do in your life. I wanna encourage you to be like the fourth one, the good soil. And I'm so aware that I can play a part in cultivating the soil of my heart, but I need God to do the work. But what's my part to play in that? It's God do a number on the soil of my heart. (laughs) It's humility to say, I've been doing this wrong. It's humility to say, God, I've been going about this the wrong way. And Father, tonight I'm gonna make a change in how I receive Your Word. You know, I'm gonna give you an opportunity in a moment to be prayed for and to receive salvation by faith. And as I give that, I'm gonna pray and believe in faith that it's gonna land on good soil tonight. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.